0: All things are possible, and you can be, authentically, gay with the God of your understanding. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm Midge Noble, your host, and I can't wait to delve into what we're going to talk about today. So the coming out journey that I went through is a little embarrassing, (laughs) I know that there are many later in life folks, and I'm not uh, saying that you need to be embarrassed, but I'm a little embarrassed that there were so many signs and so many times that I should have been able to figure out. <laughs> I know I said the word should, and I don't usually do it because I don't want to should on anybody else and I shouldn't should on me. But, you know, the, the human part of me says, you should have known. Everybody else knew. Why didn't you know? And I don't know why I didn't know, although I suspect that my religious upbringing and my fear of hell, as I've talked about before, definitely got in my way. But I wanted to talk a little bit about being in my own way. I was also part of my story, of course, and I got in my way all the time. I glossed over the very blaring Signs that I clearly was gay. I glossed over the deep love that my beloved had for me all along from the very beginning. It was almost like our souls had met in another time and that we had reconnected because we had such a deep, deep connection. So I was always in my own way. And today I want to do a little snippet of my memoir called Life After Graduate School. In this chapter, I talk a little bit about after we graduated. As those of you who know, we met in graduate school, and then there was a time for that to end. Get yourself a little cup of tea, glass of wine, a beer, go sit by the fire out on the deck. And this chapter is called Life After Graduate School. Mary and I continue to live together all through graduate school. We loved hiking with Danny and Sheba, who had become the best of friends. I supported Mary at her softball games, and she supported me when I was the goalie of the intramural soccer team. Our lives were so intertwined that we were a couple without being officially one. As we were approaching the end of graduate school, I began to have the same feelings I had had when I was leaving college and dreaded saying goodbye to Kay. Mary assured me we would remain friends. But neither of us could predict the future, and we knew it. Mary's father softened the blow by gifting Mary with his car and all his camping gear so that she could take a drive to California and Washington to visit her paternal aunts and maternal grandparents. Mary immediately turned to me and said, Will you go with me? Sleep in a tent all the way across the country? Yes, doesn't that sound like fun? It does. And it sounds a bit scary, but even through my trepidation, I said yes. Mary and I started planning the route that we would take and the places along the way we would stop and see. MapQuest became our friend, and Mary had a ball, planning it all out. Graduation day was bittersweet. I was grateful we were done studying, sad that we would be separating soon, and excited and apprehensive about the upcoming trip. We packed up our things, we had our family up to toast our accomplishments, closed up the apartment, and headed onward to our new adventure. We spent the night at Mary's home as her mom had agreed to keep Danny and Sheba while we were gone. We both hated leaving them behind. The next day, we embarked on what turned out to be a month-long journey. Telling you everything that happened would be an entire memoir to itself. I loved meeting her family and felt at home. I loved almost every minute of the trip. We did experience some trials along the way that left us with great memories. We survived a swarm of locusts in Lebanon, Tennessee, almost lost our vinyl tent in Texas because of high winds, almost froze to death at Red Rock New Mexico as the 95-degree temperature plummeted to 30 degrees, experienced a surprise snowstorm at Mount Rushmore, had a bear visit our Yosemite campsite, slept on rocks in Colorado Springs when my air mattress deflated, and realized in Kentucky that Mary without coffee is not a pretty picture. I really shouldn't have been left in charge of trying to work the gas camp stove now if you want to hear more about some of these stories there's going to be a place on my website called untold stories or take a peek into my diary (laughs) and i'll go into more detail about these things after the trip one of the schools that i had applied to in elkin city contacted me for an interview i was hired mary and i celebrated with tears mary had some interviews lined up but she was planning to live at her home and i would be hours away from her i couldn't imagine life without Mary. The impact on Danny and Sheba was palpable. We spent weekends together, but when Mary left, Danny and Sheba experienced depression. Sheba would go under Mary's bed, and Danny refused to play ball, which for my Labrador retriever was something that she never would turn down. Mary turned down a job in Rocky Mount so that she could take one in Asheboro, North Carolina, because it was closer to where I was living in Elkin. For the next two years, we saw each other on weekends and vacations. It was hard on all of us. There were times I would leave Danny with Mary and Sheba so the fur kids could be together. We made it work, but neither of us was happy. During this time, I knew that I was too emotionally connected to Mary, but would not allow myself to figure it out. The religious messages of hellfire for homosexuals was something I could not shake. Mary and I prayed for her salvation and for her to be free of her sin. After two years in Elkin City, that job ended. I immediately called Mary. I am out of a job. What happened? Remember the principal who hired me and then became superintendent of schools and had me transferred to the high school this year? Of course I remember. Well, I just had my end-of-the-year evaluation, which was excellent. But the principal said my contract would not be renewed for the fall. How can they do that? What reason did he give you? He said he was not at liberty to say, but if I don't resign, I'll be terminated. Five other new employees have said they were told that too. That doesn't sound legal. I called Raleigh and they said since I was not tenured, they can legally do it. I am going to resign because I don't know what they will put in my file. Then I am out of a job and I will have to go home until I figure something out. You are not returning home. You will come live with me, but I don't have a job. You will find one. There are schools here too, you know. Once again, Mary found a way for us to stay together. I still felt broken and confused, but at least we would all be together again. The next seven years would involve a huge twist that I didn't see coming. (laughs) Knowing that I could not be separated from Mary, knowing that my heart broke every time I thought about it, was a glaring, big neon sign saying, girl, (laughs) you're in love with her you are gay this is your path get on the get on the roller coaster of life and just go for it but I could not go for it the patience and the sheer determination that Mary and probably people in your own lives offered to me and offered to you amazes me for Mary it was Such a long time for her to be in love with me, do everything she could to try to be the person she thought God wanted her to be, according to the Bible and society and the preachers and all of that. But it was heartbreaking to go through that process. There are times that I think that God just stays by us so consistently. That even in the despair and the angst of our lives, there's still this knowing underneath the denial that things are going to work out if we just stay put and keep moving. And stay put, keep moving is mean stay put in that place of unknowingness because when the time is right, it's all going to fall into place. And I can tell you that I wish more than anything else that I had known earlier that I was gay I wished I could have owned it I wished that I could have taken the burden off of off of my beloved to live all that time trying to to be someone she wasn't to fall into such depression that it almost you know ended her joy permanently it was very very difficult and I have regrets about that. I'll always have regrets, even though I know that I couldn't have known until I was until I knew. There's no way I could change that. But I still have regrets. And I always will, I think, because I love her. And my intention was never to hurt her. And yet I did by not even knowing that I could have done something different. In our faith, as we're walking on a very... S- obscure path we we have to be able to allow ourselves to be human and I'm definitely human and I have to remember that I cannot come into insight until I am ready and until maybe God is ready for me to know things I don't know what path I would have taken had I known earlier If I had been able to come to terms with that, I might have stayed in Massachusetts and never come back to North Carolina. I might have never met her and reconnected or connected to her. And that would have been a great sadness that I think I would have known on a deep level that I had. You know how when you miss the mark, you kind of know that you've missed something. You might not know exactly what it is, but you've missed something. And when God is pulling you into something and you're getting nudges, I think it it may take a while and you feel that deep sadness until you really connect to a divine path that's meant for you. I believe that there are more than one divine paths for some of us. One of my divine paths was to figure out that I was gay. Another divine path was me and Mary to stay together, which, of course, her name's not Mary, <laughs> <laughs> however (laughs) um i want i want those of you who are struggling with your coming out to know that you need to be patient it is okay that you're still in that place of not doing anything about it even if you kind of know that you're gay it's okay to be patient it's okay to make sure that you're safe it is imperative that you make sure that you're safe and I clearly was not. If I had come out in high school, I would not have been safe. If I had come out in, in college, I would not have been safe. I was at a Christian school that believed in homosexuality being a sin. I would not have been safe. So I wouldn't have gone to the college of my choice. I wouldn't have been able to move out of Hickory, North Carolina and become the person that I was going to be because I needed that time away from my hometown, from my birth family, from all the people who know me, for all the people who thought I was a certain way. It was the beginning of me emerging into my life. And I had to do that. And so I couldn't have come out yet. I couldn't have come out in graduate school because it would have derailed me. (laughs) I think the trauma of finding out that I was gay in a place where I was not fully supported and that I was trying to You know, I needed to focus on getting an education. I needed to focus on getting my master's. I needed to focus on not failing research and statistics as a math disabled person that it took everything I had to get through those courses. So the timing, although very painful for for my beloved and very painful for me, the denial that we take on is hard for us physically and emotionally and mentally. So there are paybacks and payoffs and, and also deficits. There are lots of good reasons why I didn't come out earlier. And there are just as many reasons why it was a burden and a, and a hurt to both Mary and me. However, when we are in that place of patience and making sure that we're following what we know to be the call right now, I was called to get to Berkshire Christian College. I was called to go to Appalachian State. I was called to meet Mary. And I think I was called to follow every path I have fallen, fallen, fallen into. And I always think I fall into it, but I every every call that I've been given to be a school counselor, to go to mental health and and do therapy there, to go to a private practice, all of the changes I made, you know, to work at hospice, all of those things were calls into a deeper level of who I was going to be and what skill sets I needed to have in my back pocket for the next journey and the next journey and the next journey and all of these experiences all of the things that I've been through all of the things that I've chosen all of the nudges that I've followed through with and surrendered to the call have brought me to writing this memoir and to Charles And to Chris, who who were a part of that call and planted the seed for me to write this memoir, thank you. It's been a difficult journey. It's been the hardest thing to date that I've ever completed. And everything's, there's been a lot of hard things. But this hard thing, and thank you Glennon Doyle for having a hard, (laughs) we can do hard things podcast. Um, I also believe that this hard thing Was meant to be healing for me, and it has been. And I see my life in a whole different light, and I'm able to move forward now with a whole lot more confidence that I can go through hard things. I can come out the other side. I can delve into my feelings and sit with them and let them ruminate and let them expand and then let them move on. So this memoir is not only a gift to you, it's a gift to me. And I think it was intended to be that way. Do I still get in my own way? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, those lessons that we have, Pete and repeat, um, there are times that I still get in my own way that I hear a calling and I'm like, Ooh, mm, no, I don't think so. Even with this memoir at the very beginning, I, was, I laughed it off and I'm like, no way. The cost of it, I don't think I have enough words. Every time I say that, by the way, people laugh at me because if you know me personally, you know that I have plenty of words and I sometimes don't know when to stop using them. So yes, I had plenty of words. And now I hope that the words that I've chosen and uh, that I've asked God to choose through me for this memoir are the ones that you need to hear. So if you're struggling, if you don't know how to come out, if you don't think it's time to come out, If you really don't know what to think, there are people who are available to help you. So, part of what I'm doing in these Ask Me Anything monthly Zoom live meetups between now and when the book comes out is for you to kind of get to know me and also get to know the memoir and get to know questions that you want to ask so that if you need me as a coach, you'll also have a chance to get to see me and know me first. And that's a, that's a good thing. I think all that's a good thing. So just so you know, the next Ask Me Anything, and as always, as I've said before last month, if what that means is you can ask me anything. You can ask me about the memoir. You can ask me about my life. You can ask me about one of the stories that you heard me read and ask me a question about that. And if I need to go a little deeper with that, I'll give you a little bit more. There's going to be a, there is going to be a place on the website where I'm going to be able to have the untold stories. So take a peek into my diary section and we'll be able to talk about those in that, that format too. I may do a live video for that. I may just, you know, give you a little bit more information, um, have you list some questions and I'll answer them in that format. And that would be just for those of you who really want to be a part of that journey with me. So I want to thank you for always being here for me on the Gay With God podcast, because I love it so much. And I thank you for um, already being a part of the the group that did a pre-order for the memoir and took advantage of those incentives. So you will also learn in the Ask Me Anything about the incentives that I'm offering you. There's a whole bunch of incentives that is a pretty hefty little price if you'd done all of those things with me independently, but I'm going to gift those to you as you offer to um, order the memoir a little early. And so that's coming up on February 9th, Thursday, February 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you go to my Facebook page uh, at Midge Noble, uh, you'll be able to see the new link for that It'll also be posted in the Gay With God Facebook group that you can join. And remember that that Facebook group also includes uh, a monthly My Faith Journey group that I run. And that's a very cool thing that I'm doing with those folks. And and they do stuff for me, too. So it's really a nice place for us just to kind of unpack and ask questions and get support through our faith journey. So I want to thank you so much for being with me, for going on this journey with me, for supporting and sharing and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more information about me, if you want to check in to some of the links that I have, go to the the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com and you can see all the links that you need to see to get in touch with me. If you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay, and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding. If you identify as LGBTQIA, or maybe you don't even know if you're gay, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it. You have always been gay with God. I hope to see you in the Gay With God Facebook group, the My Faith Journey group, and the Ask Me Anything Zoom meetup on February 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned and see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.